Welcome to Sundial. I'm Carlos Frias. If you heard NPR's Tiny Desk performances this month, you know the music had a distinctly Latin flow. That's because the show Alt Latino took over NPR's intimate music series for Hispanic Heritage Month. They called the series El Tiny. We heard from established Latino artists and up-and-comers. They highlighted stars like Becky G with her new regional Mexican album. Alt-Latino host Felix Contreras and Ana Maria Sayre spoke with Becky G after her performance. We'll hear that conversation next. Give it up. It's their first time on Sundial. Stick around and we'll spend some time with Felix and Ana afterwards. First, here's their chat with Becky G. Dale, Felix. Ana? Yeah? Do your Felix invitation. Start the show. <clears throat> I don't know if I can do a Felix. You're a one-of-a-kind gem, all-star, <laughs> needle in a haystack. Wait, needle in a haystack. It's not a good thing, I don't think. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Ana Maria Sayer. <laughs> I'm Felix Contreras. <laughs> Let the chisme begin. That wasn't an invitation of me. Oh, I know. You should try to do it like me. Let the chisme begin. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some pretty big names, Anna, come through for our takeover of Tiny Desk, El Tiny that we call. But I got to say, I was quite impressed when we brought in vocalist Becky G. Yeah, you were. Right? She was great. She was so down to earth and she was more direct than I anticipated. Oh, yeah. And in, in, in a way that the job that she had to do to perform and, and bring her voice and all of her presence was just like it turned on in a second. It was just, it was pretty impressive. And it was like that the whole time. Oh, it was like, I mean, the music was amazing. But talking to her, because we got to, to actually sit down with her, and it's like, it felt like sitting in the sala with a prima, like conversations around identity and all these things that we talk about all the time. Like she was able to illustrate that so perfectly. She's clearly spent a lot of time thinking about it. And that's one of the things that fascinates me is, I'm a little bit older than you guys, okay? No. <laughs> but I'm always I'm always fascinated by how people, especially from the Mexican-American or Chicano or Mexican culture, uh, interprets their culture over time, right? The different generations. That always fascinates me. And Becky G reminds me of somebody coming up in, like, the 1970s, my era. Yeah. Right? It's like it's there's one foot in each world and wanting to represent in both worlds. But... Question for you, Felix, because, yeah, you didn't expect a question, did you? (laughs) To me, like, it's extremely refreshing to hear her speak about not only her two identities, but also, like, the the in-betweenness she feels around them with so much pride. That is her consistent theme. She is proud of every single part of herself, proud of the incomplete parts or the confusing parts, like all of it is pride. And I do think my generation, not to say you're from a different generation, but (laughs) hypothetically, my generation, like 
there is a little bit more of that energy. It's not consistent. It's not across the board. But I think people are generally open to talking about it more, a little bit more proud of it. Is that something that feels distinct from what you're referring to? Like, was there that same amount of pride? It does. Very good. You nailed it. Yeah. No, because I think that society is more open to the in-betweenness. Okay, and in a lot of different ways. But specifically, since we're talking about music, you know, there's, I keep saying these younger musicians are ignoring genres and boundaries and, and all the rules that are supposed to be there. And I came up in a time when, you know, Santana had to be one thing, Jose Feliciano had to be one thing. Those are the people I grew up with in terms of Latin music and, and big stars. Now, we don't have to be anything. You can celebrate that in betweenness, mm-hmm. which I think creates a whole different vibrant music scene. Well, and what's interesting about Becky is she is kind of like the perfect encapsulation of that shift and maybe even like arguably a representation of like that literal time frame moment when things started to shift and people started to embrace that because Crash Course on Becky, for people who don't know, currently she is one of the biggest Latin music stars on the map, period. But she started her career in the English-speaking market. Like, she tried the pop English-speaking world. She had a hit, I still love, we all still love, shower. But then it didn't quite work for her, and she pivoted, and it was, like, in this moment of deciding to be authentic, deciding to embrace herself and her Latinaness, her Mexicanness with pride, that's when she skyrocketed. So she is, like, this really interesting example of someone who is really rewarded for being authentic. And embracing their identity, which I don't know that we've had a ton of a history or precedent for that. And so I think that has created her and made her into this person who is able to stand there with pride because it worked. Let's stop talking about it. Let's listen, because the interview is is fascinating. I, I thought it was fascinating. It's a lot of fun. And we started out talking about her Tiny Desk performance. She had just finished. We did the interview right in front of the Tiny Desk set. You can see the interview and you can watch her performance on October 13th as part of our presentation of El Tiny. But for now, here's her interview. Let's check it out. Los dos sabemos que ha llegado el día pararía el tiempo en tu cama We're sitting here with Becky G who just did can I say amazing? Yeah, Thank you. Amazing Tiny Desk performance. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. We, I think Felix and I had more fun. We yeah. were, we were really vibrant. It was so, it was like a contagious energy in the room, and it felt so wholesome. Like I was looking around, and everybody was smiling. So I think there's not one moment in the performance, or like in between the songs, where I wasn't like, "Let's go." <laughs> I think See, wholesome is the perfect way. To it felt so energy. just like, ah, <laughs> oh, like a warm hug. And my secret is I stand in the back. No one can see me. I do my little dance. You do your little right dances? Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I want to see that. <laughs> you don't want to see that. You guys don't, nobody wants to see that. Let's talk about your new record coming out, Esquinas. Yes. It leans heavily into Mexican regional. And then you featured Mexican regional in Coachella recently when you brought out yes. Peso Pluma. Mm-hmm. Blew the place away. Thank right? you. And the music is having a moment right now. It is. So what is it about the music that speaks to you? You know, it's so crazy to me that three years ago I sat down with my record label and I said, I'm going to do my regional Mexican-inspired album. Like it or not, I had no idea that this boom was going to happen. And we started recording records two years ago, and it's been such a 
soulful experience for me because I think since I was a young girl, it was always a dream of mine to do a, a regional inspired album. And it's funny because I did every other genre. Y mis abuelitos siempre me decían, ¿Y cuándo la música regional, mija? And for those who don't know, I started off as a rapper. So my grandma, on my mom's side especially, she would always be like, ay, mija, pero te escucho tan enojada. <laughs> and like, I'd be like, oh, grandma, because I got stuff to say, you know? And uh, finally, the moment that I decided that I was ready to really throw myself at this album and just fully commit to the creative process was when my, my papi, my grandpa on my dad's side, Miguel Gomez, passed away and I'm so lucky that I had all four of my grandparents so present in my life I mean they also helped raise all of us you know it takes a village my grandma refers to us as her little pueblito all the time <laughs> and um, I think losing him you know and gaining him and as an angel in heaven was just kind of like that extra guidance that I needed as an artist to just really do something for myself I think it's it's fun to do things for fun, but it's different when you're doing things to kind of connect with the part of you that is so deep. And yeah, it, it exactly what I said, it was a soulful experience for sure. Did you sing differently? Oh, yeah. I think you'll hear on the album, there's definitely a different vocal that is demanded of you as an artist when you're singing on regional music. And I think it's because it's it's the acoustics. It's it's an organic sound, you know? You, you can't fake it. You can't create it. You just play it, and you sing it, and that's that. And a lot of the songs were written that way, just us hanging out in the studio. Someone picks up the guitar. There's a little bit of tequilita going around. And the next thing you know, everybody's having a therapy session. And, you know, and it's beautiful. Like, it's it, to me, that's like, that's how I grew up, you know. Um, family carnesadas. Sometimes right. there'd be like a trio or conjunto that they would like hire or mariachi. And I was always a little girl that was like on top of the table, like singing the songs. And my tios would be kind of, you know, already... One too many and like, otra vez, the same song like five times. Um, but yeah, so it just felt very familiar in, in the best way. So this album is going to be the same song five times? Um, actually not. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of, uh, well, I think what's so cool about regional Mexican music is that there's so many subgenres. And the reason why I named it Esquinas was because I always identified as a 200%. And I would say I'm not, you know, this side of the streets that raised me or that side, I am the corner where, you know, the cross streets where two flags meet, two cultures meet, two languages meet. And I say 200% because I remember, you know, you're, you're 50% this and 50% that, half and half. And I never liked that. It, it made me feel like I had to give up a part of myself to be accepted on this side and then give up another part of myself to be accepted on that side. And I was just like, no, I'm 100% proud to be born and raised in Inglewood and to be from California, but I'm also really proud of my Mexican roots. No se va a poder, por más que lo intenté, te tocó perder, olvida ya la ayer, asume. También te quería Sorry, but that's, that's a, an amazing way to think about it. Because growing up Mexican American, Chicano in California, same thing. But it was always 50 50. Mm -hmm. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that 200%. You don't got to steal it. It's yeah. yours. Yeah. It's been ours. I love it. I love it. Yeah. We like 
Felix and I talk about this a lot because, you know, we talk to a lot of artists who, who do represent both parts in many different ways. And I think something we found really striking is you talked about with your Coachella performance, you originally planned something with like bringing out a low rider. You very like yes. often talk about repping mm-hmm. Inglewood, the Chicano culture that goes along with that. But you decided to go with something else because you mentioned that you didn't really want to, you know, lean into Mexican stereotypes in a certain Mm -hmm. way. And so we find that really interesting because, like, how do you balance personally wanting to represent who you are and where you came from, but also, like, trying to be this universal Mm -hmm. Latina who is representing this image for everyone and and trying to be authentic? Like, where do you land with that? Yeah, I think uh, it's all instinct. And sometimes you do have to challenge yourself. And I think that... I identify so much with who Becky from the block is and was, and she will always be within me. But also, Becky's not on the block as often. She's traveled the world, you know, and she's gotten to learn about different cultures and go to different countries and meet different people. And I was thinking about how massive the Coachella stage is as far Mm -hmm. as, you know, it's it's a global platform. And I wanted to represent my Mexican heritage in a way that, would be striking to everyone. And there's a reason why I chose the color Mexican pink. There's a reason why I chose Tres Luce Blue. Um, There's a reason why, you know, even the architecture of the stage was inspired by Mexican architects. So it's like, for me, it was kind of taking it and making it this like elevated experience. And I, I say that the debut of Casa Gomez, which is the, the, the concept of the tour was at Coachella. And so now we get to take Casa Gomez to cities near everybody uh, here in the States. And, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's very intentional for sure. Always done with so much love. You're hearing alt Latino hosts, Felix Contreras and Ana Maria Sayre speaking with Becky G after her tiny desk performance. Stick around after, and we'll spend some time with Felix and Anna. You have obviously worked with a ton of incredible women in the industry, like Natina Tatcha, Carol G, and you're you're kind of, honestly, a, one of the first people who has really pushed in the way that you have to consistently collaborate with women, where did that come from? Like, where, what in you said, this is where I'm going to be? I think it comes from a lot of different places. I think, uh, if I think about it from just, a, like, a human side, um, I'm the eldest of four kids, and I was always taught that sharing is caring. <laughs> and, you know, it, everything tastes better when you can share it, you know? And, and I think that when you then put that in an industry like the one we navigate, especially as women and then women of color, it's... It's a lot of the time lonely, and there's not a lot of people who can relate to the sacrifice and the hardships and the loneliness that that can be sometimes. And so who better to share in that success and in that light with than other women who really get it and who really appreciate it. I feel like I have sisters for life, you know, and and the way that I've gotten to just bond and learn from a lot of the amazing women that I've I've had the opportunity to to collaborate with and and that's just kind of like my approach. I think there's a lot of people who talk about girl power mm-hmm. and and that's great, but I think to act on it is, is a whole other thing, you know. What do you learn about yourself when you do that? And and what do you learn about the other women that you work with? Um that we can all shine. You know, I think the industry and especially like in Latin media, it's always like 
how can we pit people against each other? How can we create some kind of chisme that mm. gets the people talking? And in reality, it's like my real competition is myself, who I was yesterday. How can I be better today? And so I, I find it like the least threatening to be around other talented women. I actually find it the most inspiring. Carol actually the other day invited me to, to sing. She's having a stadium tour and she invited me to sing in my hometown of L.A. And we sang our song Mommy and it was incredible. And it was so sweet because she took me literally by the hand like a big sister and was like showing me around and and I let myself I let myself enjoy that. I never had a big sister, you know, so for her to be so kind and to invite me and to share in that moment and kind of just tell me like you can have this too like this, this I, I believe you can do it like that. That's beautiful. Like I think we need more of mm. that. Mm -hmm. So you've talked a lot about your family and the role that they play yes. in all of this. My abuela is here today. I know you talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so say hi, Nita. Um, I Nita, know you, Lita too? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, I know you talk a lot about your Lita. So what have they, especially the women in your family, mm -hmm. how have they shaped this approach that you have? You know, it's for me, it's it's a bit of a bittersweet experience. I think I, I learned so much strength from the women in my life, but almost from a place of them almost being too selfless. And I always wish that they would give the same love that they give to everyone else around them to themselves. Yeah. And I think that's when I realized like I wanted to be the difference and I wanted to show them that like we deserve that. We deserve to hold space for ourselves, to take care of ourselves, to also be celebrated and to be championed. And so it, it was for me, I think that like the strength that they carry as women, the pueblito that they created is like some of, you know, their proudest moments. And so I, I take that with me everywhere I go. Becky, this is so crazy because my mom, who's also here, we had like a three hour conversation about, about this? this like two days ago. <laughs> like literally yeah. I was like, you guys taught me that love is sacrifice and sometimes it is, but you also have to mm -hmm. care about yourself. Yeah, like, 100%. Because that's what you grow up watching. It's yeah. like, oh, how can I be more selfless, more selfless, mm -hmm. give more to the family? And I love that We you can't said pour that. from empty cups. And I think oh. that's everybody. Our, a lot of our men, a lot of our women, or whatever we identify in, as, as our inner culture, I think it's it's a lot of that. It's We're giving and giving and giving. It's like, when do we take? When can we just have and own? You know? And I, I love that. I love that there's a generation that can go out into the world and say, I deserve this. Mm -hmm. I work hard for this. Mm -hmm. And not feel guilty about yeah. it. That's what I was going to say. It's probably generational. Because my mother was like that. Mm -hmm. Same way. Mm -hmm. right? and, and reflecting on how she carried herself like that. But I like that idea again. like that idea of changing that yeah. attitude a little bit. It's like yeah. the idea that it's like, oh, we all actually just want to see each other be happy yeah. and be loved. Before we go, I have to ask you about one song. I don't know, it's just something about you. Got me feeling like I can't be without you. Anytime someone mention your name, I'll be feeling as if I'm around you. I actually audibly squealed. My manager can tell you when I saw the set list come through and I saw you were going to perform shower. Yes. So, <laughs> because the middle school girl in me, I'm like, I am the demo. Like, that was the moment. What is your relationship with that song now? Oh, it's beautiful. It's like so crazy to think that like my younger self had such a learning curve with that song. It really, I mean, it took me to 
so many countries and like places and spaces to like learn as an artist. And then to get that opportunity again almost 10 years later is is mind-blowing and to still feel super young and like I'm still learning and I'm still figuring things out um, it just feels like I get to grow up with everybody and that's like it's nice it feels beautiful yeah can you tell me that story you were telling us last night at rehearsal oh yes oh my god it was so funny okay so <laughs> I was saying how it's it's a bit of a switch up to come into a tiny desk uh situation because it reminded me a lot of like when I first started I would go to a lot of radio stations and it would just be me and a guitar player and I would sing my songs acoustically live for like fans you know winners in the audience and I remember there would be times where I'd be so like engaged with everyone and I would forget my lyrics and I'm like I wrote this song like how did I forget <laughs> that this is like this is a thing one time I remember very clearly I was singing shower and the, the he starts it and everything and I'm like I don't know it's just something about you I don't know it's just something about you I don't know it's just something about and I'm looking around like oh what are the lyrics and I just kept saying I don't know it's just something about you and it was the funniest thing I was like watch me forget the lyrics tomorrow guys like that would be hilarious we'd have to start all over again oh I really wish yeah. Honestly, though, it's like at, that, at this point, like, I was so locked in and so engaged with everyone, and I saw everybody mouthing it, too, so it helped me. <laughs> it was a highlight. It was, it was, yeah, it was yeah, really special. Yeah. It was so special. I had so much fun. You light me up inside like a fourth of July. Whenever you're around, I always seem to smile, and people ask me how. Well, you're the reason why I'm dancing in the mirror. Okay, we're talking about growth and development of yourself. What have you learned about yourself? What kind of things have surprised you? What kind of things have popped up as you've been doing this and getting to the point where you are now from where you started? Oh, it's been such a beautiful journey. And I think for me, I just think about like the power of faith and like just really believing in your dreams, believing in yourself. Because I look at where I come from and who I come from and there's all these like things that helped make this magic potion of this little, you know, brown girl growing up in Inglewood saying, I could do it. I could do it. And there's so many things actually that's probably said, you can't, you're not supposed to, you know, but I never, I never believed that. And I think it has so much to do with, like I said, that strength that I come from in my family and just knowing the, the, the power that we hold as people to be able to make something out of nothing. You know, my grandparents came from Mexico to the United States with, not a penny in their pocket and the clothes on their back. And to see that I'm now one of 19 grandchildren on my mom's side and some grandbabies now and one of 15 on my dad's side and some great grandbabies now, it's like, it's so amazing. Like we're all just living life and growing. And and today I think what inspires me is kind of reconnecting back to my younger self and remembering that, okay, 15-year-old Becky's, you know, dreams have come true. She never dreamt bigger than this. So now it's my responsibility for myself to go out into the world and keep dreaming. That was a lot of fun. I look forward to interviewing her again someday, but also, more importantly, I look forward to how she's going to grow and develop 
and express everything that she talked about even more. Spoken like a true tío. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for now. You've been listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. Our audio producer for this episode is Isabella Gomez Sarmiento. Our show editor is Hazel Sills, and the woman who keeps us on track is Grace Chung. Our jefe in chief, Keith Jenkins, VP of Music and Visuals. I'm Felix Contreras. And I'm Ana Maria Sayer. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening. listening. <laughs> Alt Latino hosts Ana Maria Sayer and Felix Contreras join us now. Felix, Anna, dímelo cantando. <laughs> I'm not going to try to follow that one. <laughs> Felix, I really forgot we hit the harmony on that. Goodbye. <laughs> there, were, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of wow moments in that conversation where she really let her guard down. It wasn't like she was on a press junket. She guys, she got really personal with you guys. Um, do you do you usually walk away from interviews with people being that being that open, or are you surprised sometimes when people really let you know dig that deep? Uh, you go first, Donna. Oh man, um, I mean, all props to Becky. She's an amazing interview, an amazing, thoughtful, insightful person. She's super articulate. Um, so it was a joy to talk with her, and also she definitely made our lives um, a lot easier. Um, I will say sometimes we walk away and people say that felt like a therapy session. So it wouldn't be the first time. Um, yes, that could but... be like all our alternate <laughs> careers could be as, as therapists, right? Right. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about your childhood a little bit. Um, no, but I think uh, there was something really special about about doing this specifically with her in front of the tiny desk. Mm. Um, this was right before. Her album Esquina has dropped, which is her all regional album. So it was really cool to kind of catch her at this moment, like right before she was kind of about to make this big, I don't want to say pivot in her career, but mm -hmm. statement, yeah. um, I would say it, it, musically, like a really big statement in terms of who she is and where she comes from and, and really standing behind that. And so it was amazing to kind of catch her right before she was about to show the world all of that. And she gave us a little glimpse. So that was awesome. And it, it, it does happen because it does happen often because we're able to give I, because it's so specific about a personal part of a personal part of their lives. Mm -hmm. Right. They would do these musicians. And this has been my experience in doing the show over the years. They go from interview to interview, interview. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the album, tell me about the tour. Da, da, da. But very rarely do they get a chance to talk about their ethnicity, their background, their culture, how it, you know, just very, very personal things. So yeah it's that's one of the things we're, we're both very proud of on the show is that we give it's an opportunity it's a platform for to discuss these things that we talk about at home right you and and you guys mentioned this really interesting thing which is um um Ana maria you were saying that it's you know it was kind of a departure for her but really it was it was like she was focusing in on this one area and and it, it makes me think like the idea of the crossover artist does that exist anymore? Does that even need to exist anymore, right? Where people are fully embracing their 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 regionality, their locality, you know, their neighborhood, their street. Yeah. Oh, Carlos, are you able to extend the show by five hours so we can get into <laughs> I think it? I you can do that. I mean, you can put here and now on hold. That's fine. <laughs> oh, man. Um, does the crossover artist exist? Um simple answer i think no 
Mm. That's what I, if I had to answer yes or no, I think in this moment in 2023, um, the crossover artist is, is a, is a kind of obsolete concept or not an obsolete concept, but not something that is really happening at this moment. I think if you look at some of the biggest artists in the world right now, forget about, you know, what kind of music they're playing, forget about where they're from. They are artists from Latin America that are playing Latin style music with Latin beats, Latin sounds, Spanish language, all of these things. And so I think this idea that like you need to cater to a certain market or, or speak a certain language in order to have some of the biggest hits in the world is, is simply not the case anymore. I think for Becky G specifically, um, she made a really smart pivot for herself early on. I mean, she did start in the English language market and she decided to kind of make that decision to to do something that was more in line with with her roots and where she was from and it worked beautifully for her um and i think she's returning home in a moment when when she can and with the freedom both that her level of stardom affords her and also just the moment in music affords her so it's a really interesting like synergy that makes a lot of sense for her I, I always it remember another forms. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I always remember Shakira's first crossover. I remember her when she was singing in English, people had made such commentary about what her English sounded like. And if it was too formal and, you know, and, and the artists, now you have bad bunny who just sings in Spanish, you know, and, and that's it. And if you get it, you get it. If not, you know, just, uh, and, just and dance to it. What I was going to say too, is that it, 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 it filters down or has filtered down or maybe filtered up. Uh, from other forms of music and i think of specifically like in the jazz world or the latin jazz world for example a guy like miguel zanon from puerto rico hmm. also saxophone player he's in, he's interpreting the puerto rican songbook but with a jazz quartet uh, a jazz quartet hmm. right so that you know there is is there a crossover is it the jazz came to him did he go to jazz you know all across, even in, in folkloric electronics, somebody like Lido Pimienta is doing stuff with, you know, from Colombia and then adding electronic. So I think that all across music, not just in the pop world, these genres, these boundaries, these walls are caving in and everybody's doing every something. It's all so creative. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, like, you know, we can't think about all of these things because that's what I love about the explosion of regional right now is like mm-hmm. reggaeton. Like you said, I love what you said, Carlos, where you're like, or if you don't get it, just dance to it. Like reggaeton, anyone, no one, you could be literally anyone and you can dance. You have to be able to dance in reggaeton. And regional is not like that. It's not as danceable of a music. And yet people are gravitating towards it. And I think that speaks to not only obviously just like there is a catchiness to the music aside from just like being able to you know perrear to it um yeah you don't want to watch me perrear you don't want to watch me twerking you don't want i think we should see you do that in the studio right now um (laughs) no but it's um it's also i think you can't look at this without looking at maybe what's happening with the spanish language too Mm -hmm. i mean there seems to me, at least with the reception of this music, to be an openness and a reception to the language in general that we haven't seen, at least in the in the U.S. in the same way. I do think it is marking a shift um, culturally. And that's what has been really interesting to me tracking with some of this music is, is seeing how it's reflecting what our country is thinking about and seeing um, and caring about culturally. Well, your, your Tiny Desk series, uh, your El Tiny series, um, kind of, it, it, it covered a lot of different area, a lot of different genres and such. Um, and um, like one of our favorites, you know, 
Evie Queen, uh, who lives here in South Florida, and we all have a, a strong connection to her. And um, there's actually a, there's a piece of that, a uh, piece of her performance from, from Adani that we'd love to play uh, and then talk about. Vamos a llevarlos. Let me take you to my motherland, Puerto Rico, that is, okay? La casa del sofrito, del adobo, del sazón, pero también del reggaetón. Hey, you hear? Estos sentimientos, pa. Ok, dice. Quisiera poder cambiar de rostro las veces que nos vemos. Las veces que me dices que tenemos que parar de encontrarnos Porque la gente está mirando Apúrate que pueden vernos Porque para muchos está un pecado Dale y reza por mí Porque te quiero a ti Para parar de sufrir Y vivir hoy sin ti And the beauty of these performances is that then you guys got to talk with them after. And she, um, Ana Maria, you did a, an interview with her where she talked about, well, first of all, it's about being nervous to be on the, to be playing the tiny desk, but also like being a mom. And like, I, I want to say like she has her daughter's name, like tatted on her left shoulder. Um, there's, you get to hear, you get to, you guys got to explore a little bit about the background that went into. And that's, I think like, that's what this month is all about, right? Absolutely. I think it's this really funny thing where, um, she was coming in and everyone kept passing by the tiny desk and they were like, there's no drums. Felix said this to me. He's like, there's no drums. <laughs> it's like, it's Evie. Like she's, she can do it. She can do it. And she did it. Like she really, really, really is just one of those like super talented, amazing artists who can step in there and fully do incredible rap over piano and strings. And that's just like the type of artist that she is. And I think, that dynamism is something that she had to be able to embody coming up when she did like you know because she represents so much and she broke down so many barriers she had to be the best of the best of the best of the best and be able to come in and do anything over anything because she had to be able to shape shift and warp and be all the things that everyone needed her to be in order to like get up to the level that she has and felix what has that been like for you to see like to see artists kind of um not have to be like you were saying in the interview not have to be the one thing you can be lots of things you know in in your career now this 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 is going to be one of my favorite of all time only because of the way that she like like Anna said reinvented herself mm -hmm. like and, and like stripped down everything but down to the essence of basically her words and her flow and then and then cloaked it with a piano and a string quartet i did i walked in and like okay where are the drums what's happening here what's going on and she came out and it was just it was an opportunity this watching this video is an opportunity to see an artist who is an icon a pioneer the top of her game like reinvent herself strip away everything and present her truest self to directly to like the people in the room and the people watching it, it's just it's one of the joys of doing these tiny desks when an artist can come through and do that and like anna said you, you know it's she's she is who she is because of all that work. And then she presented herself in that way. It's just just fabulous. I really enjoyed that one a lot. I want to talk uh, about how you guys put this together, but also how this how this Voltron dream team of you guys came together. You know, I'm watching you in studio on screen, but you guys come from different backgrounds, different generations. How does that how did that come together and how does that add to the show? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a story here. The coy looks and the 
and the laughter, there's a story. Okay. Okay. So the bigger picture is that, you know, we started the show uh, and, and the show was started in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, for the first six years or so, we had, a, I had a co-host named Jasmine Garst, who is now uh, an, an NPR correspondent covering news and immigration stuff. But she started uh, doing the show with me. We started the show together. And she, she did a, recently a series on uh, Leo Messi, which uh, which is yes. on podcast apps, and uh, folks should find it. It's really good. Yeah, the last, the last, the last cup, the Ultima Copa, which was an, an, an amazing production. Um, so, and then along, you know, she was moving on to other things and, and bigger and better things and, and other areas. And then, um Anna started as can I just Anna started as an intern um and she came in and right at the time when um honestly she came in right as you know what was that three two years ago three years ago now I'm losing track three years ago three Felix okay, it's sorry. almost my anniversary <laughs> I thought you were throwing me a party so, <laughs> you can't even remember <laughs> it, was, it was during a period of time when I was because I've been doing it by myself for a while it's like I, I needed a boost I needed like some kind of thing to animate me because it just doing it by myself you know you just Nobody wants to hear Felix talk for half an hour, right? So on the podcast, so I was trying oh, to do different on, things. I'm like, and then, what are you talking about, Felix? And and so, but Anna came along right at the right time and then boosted it. gave us gave me a personal boost of energy and then infused the show. And then we got her on the air, started doing stuff. And then when we relaunched the show, we relaunched as with Anna as the co-host. Um, and it's essentially. Like it's been really, it's been great. It's it's essentially what you hear is essentially our conversations from the moment we met. We just we like to talk cheese We like to talk about anything yes, but work. Yes, we all we embrace you know? the cheese here as well. <laughs> we do anything but work. We get to work at the last ten minutes of an hour meeting. But it's that you know that I'm really happy that this this um you know our 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 natural relationship just is developing and flowering on the air. It's just. It's a lot of fun. And Maria, tell me about that because it's it's that interplay between you guys. Like you're coming at the music from different places and different experiences. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's funny because we actually have a, a manager in town this week who every single time we disagree about something, we'll be like, that, you should talk about that on the show. And I was like, Last night I was like, wow, this is making me realize how often we disagree about things, but we don't (laughs) notice it because it's just part of the flow. We really are like familia, you know, it's like, it's part of the flow of how we interact. Like we're constantly pushing each other, I think. And, and it's funny because there is, it's like, if you were to look at the Venn diagram of Felix and Anna interests, um, there's definitely a lot outside of the two of our realms, like that, that we totally kind of diverge on but there's something also there's a lot of synergy i think in in what we love i think we both gratitude gravitate towards uh music that really has something to say um and that's something to say about an artist about um culture about identity all of these things that that we talk about on the show i think both of us kind of like spirits light up a little bit when we we hear something that that says something about you know that either we connect with or we feel like someone in our audience would connect with and so i think we're both really good at identifying that and it kind of just comes to the forefront naturally but 
we have our we have our things that we both like. We we love a good female vocalist for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we just heard from a couple of them today. <laughs> I, I'm curious what your musical backgrounds are. Like, did did you guys grow up frustrated musicians? Did you guys play play music music growing up? Do you guys ever gonna get on the tiny desk and jam? Felix has been. He's a he's a you what you all don't know. First of all, he has been cameo on the tiny desk. Second of all. I have, I don't know how many videos on my phone of Felix on the side in the corner jamming on his congos while they're warming up or jumping in there after they're done. Like these are the tiny nests behind the scenes and it's all Felix Contreras on Amazing. the drums. Amazing. <laughs> so your percussion is by nature. And two, Ana Maria, do you just sing in the shower or did you play an instrument? I sing in the shower mostly. I played a little bit when I was a kid, but not really. I always say like, I think it's a, that's the beautiful thing about the two of us. I think Felix, cause Felix is like a musician's musician. He is like on it. He's got the ear. Like he is so in that realm. And I think for me, the love of music has always been how it connects me with people and how it tells me things about myself and my family and, and, and how it tells me things about being Latino in, in this country and in other countries. And so it's like that's I think that's a, a huge part, actually, of the difference in our perspectives that isn't necessarily related to the generational piece or anything like that. But yeah. Felix, what, what kind of music have you guys put on, uh, put on, put, put each other onto? In other words, like, was there something that like that you came across that you shared with her that that uh, that she really caught with or and, and vice versa? It's 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 I can have, my first reaction is to think about all the things that Anna's turned me on to. Hmm. Uh, and, and specifically, you know, it's, I like to think of the, you know, our age difference as like, you know, like with even within a family, right? It's like, so that everybody is sitting around the dinner table and everybody's talking about stuff, you know, there's different experiences and different musics and everything comes in. And and I always want to find out what the cool cousins are listening to down, you know, down <laughs> in the basement while the abuelos are up there dancing and stuff. So yeah, Anna's always, She's turned me on to so many great new, new artists. In particular, in fact, she's on the uh, Tiny Desk. Uh, uh, Jay Noah from the Dominican Republic, seventeen-year-old Dominican rapper, who I I had not heard of before until Anna suggested for the Tiny Desk, and we listened. She was her amazing. Performances, her performance is astounding. Yeah, jaw dropping, and not just because she was wearing a, a University of Florida uh, a jersey <laughs> in, in that highlighted photo you have there, which uh, which I yeah. personally love as a Gator. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you guys really turned us on to to six very different artists. Um, I was we were listening to uh, uh, Rawayana, uh, who will actually be here in Miami in November, this uh, Venezuelan oh. band. And I told you know it's funny because our our dynamic and our is, is similar. Like we have twenty year old producers, and me like I'm twice one of their age, and. Right. Um, and we put each other on to different music and different things. And like Rawayana, I was like, this sounds like a Latino sublime. Um, and as a matter of fact, I think we have a cut of it. I think we could play a little bit of it right now. Así me pongo yo cuando entro en calor Cierra tus ojos en make a wish Si no anda enciéndete un split oh, na, 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 na. Y pégate en el trip 
Yeah, we definitely got to hear lots of new sounds um, from you guys and during El Tiny, uh, the um, the takeover of the Tiny Desk. Are there are there dream guests that you're still trying to get, like folks that you would love to have uh, both on your show and maybe get them back on on El, on the Tiny Desk on a, the El Tiny next time around? Yes. <laughs> Felix already say has more, a pitch as for the next kids year. Say. We won't tell you what it is. Oh, but. I, you know, there are there are some you know that are that are like our big what you know what we call get big gets your whales you know, right big yeah big names, uh, but also um, you know again it's it's the whole the, the whole idea is to be able to present artists even if they're not like a list or or you know big well known names. The, it's about music discovery, so that if we can bring on a guest that we're both either or either one of us, or we're both re- very very passionate about, and you've never heard of it, and they blow you away, boom, mic drop. You know, our job is done. That's that's pretty much what it's all about. I, f- I feel like we got to get. I feel like we need to hear from Pitbull. Like uh, we got to throw it back to Miami. Who in Miami is who of, of Miami artists are interesting to you guys right now? I love Pitbull. Yes, Dolly. <laughs> I'm Girl, like, I'm listening. like Pitbull number one fan. I'm, I'm obsessed with Pitbull. Bro, if no, you're listening like, right now in WLRN, man. There you go. Hit us up, so you know. Um, I think he's on tour right now, so he might not be listening at home. But well, He, might, he um, might be listening on his phone because he's... No, a- but you know what? He's an example of an artist, in all seriousness, who first of all puts out banger after banger after banger, but who really like represents himself, mm-hmm. I think, really authentically in what he puts out, which is hard to do when you're making the style of music that he's making and you're appealing to the masses in the way that he is. But he really shows up as like truly Mr. 305. Like he is so, so... Um, Kind of constantly paying homage to to where he's from and and what's he what he's made of and I don't know I find him really refreshing actually and and kind of artists that uh, it could maybe an example that begin to inject different things into their music as as tastes change like there's a little bit of like there's a little bit of western in there I mean there's a little bit of like um, of like country music I mean in Pitbull's stuff for for a while you know and uh, mm. it's interesting when artists can do that yeah he's an innovator. Felix, what about you? What's what uh like? What would you like to see? Not like this new pairing. Like, what is it? What has it led to? And like, what what are the things that make you think about that you would love to see from the show in the last minute or so we have? I, I think that um, well, for example, we're working on uh, a series on um, Mexican regional music and how popular it's become. And it's a three part series. It's our first ever uh, venture into narrative podcasting wow. with storytelling. We go to Nashville. We go to Yakima. We go to Mexico. So um, in, in terms of what I'd like to see happen, you know, I'd like to do that again uh, and, and focus in on different part of a, a different region, different part of the uh, Latin world, you know, this just to go out and, and tell a little bit more stories in terms of what I'd like to see, um, you know, for, for the show itself. Yeah. Super exciting. We'll, we'll definitely look forward to seeing that and, and listening to that. Guys, thank you so much for spending the hour with us. Thank you. Thank you. Can I, I, you know, I lived in Miami from 98 to 2001. I still have a lot of pals there. Can I give a shout out to my pals? Shout them out. Dale, rápido, rápido. Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, what's happening? That's it. That's the shout out. <laughs> shout out from the pals. That was the shout out. Folks. <laughs> we don't get names. I was waiting for names. <laughs> you know who's listening, man. You know? <laughs> Thank you, guys. Our guests today were alt Latino host Ana Maria Sayre and Theo Felix Contreras. They recently took over NPR's Tiny Desk series for Hispanic Heritage Month. 
And that's Sundown for Tuesday, October 17th. Leslie Obay Atkinson is our lead producer. Elisa Baena is our producer and social media editor. Sergio Bustos is WLRN's VP of News. And Katie Munoz is our director of live programming. Peter J. Mertz is WLRN's VP of Radio. Engineering our board is Richard Ives. Our theme music is by the Miami Afro-Cuban funk band Palo at GoPalo.com. Coming up tomorrow on the program, a world-renowned choreographer makes his home debut. Jamar Roberts was with the Alvin Ailey Dance Company for 20 years, and this year he's premiering his first work in Miami with Miami City Ballet. Producer Elisa Baena and I visited him at rehearsals. I'm Carlos Frias. Good vibes only. WLRN Public Media.